I'm so excited for, uh, for what lies ahead for us in a new year, and, uh, and, what, and don't pay attention to the blanket up here. We'll get to that at the end. Uh, I'm just going to knit while we're doing this, if that's cool with you. Uh, but I'm excited for what, uh, what happens in the next year, because I don't know. Um, I don't know what's coming up, but I do know that God is incredible. I do know that if we follow after him, we're going to get to see some, some opportunities to engage this community for Christ. We're going to see people come to him. We're going to see people grow closer to him. So I, I'm really pretty excited about this. And, and really, honestly, who isn't excited to turn the page on 2020? I think if, if, uh, if we would have looked and uh, considered what the coming year would have been like last year at this time, I don't think any of us would have anticipated that we would have had the year that we had with all sort of ups and downs. And, and let's be honest, a lot of downs. Um, and we, we've all kind of had our own challenges through different things. Maybe it's just frustration that this thing became bigger than it was. Uh, maybe it's a frustration that people don't understand where you're at, or um, you know, maybe you've been just at home a really long time, and, and quarantine is a word you're just absolutely sick of hearing. It, it's just been interesting to think about. Like I never thought that uh, in 2020 I would end up sounding like a bank robber every time I took my kids to a store, where before we go in, I'm like, put your mask on, boys, let's go, every single time. And I'm like, I really sound like we're about to rob this place. Um, it was interesting just, just to see and ex- see what set people off and see what excited people and see what shot people down to, to try to understand us a little bit better and who we are. Um, and one of the things that really surprised me was how much things sold out. We tried to get a kayak for one of our kids, and they're like, yeah, good luck with that. Uh, we, we, you know, just cleaning supplies. I get that. I get thermometers and all that stuff. Toilet paper? I, like, I, we had COVID. I don't understand why. Like it's, I don't know. And then there's a part of me all along that I'm a hunter. And so if you run out of toilet paper, like there's leaves and that's what you do. Um, You just gotta be smart enough as to what's poison ivy and what's not, or you're gonna learn the hard way. And that's, that would be, that's a 2021 lesson for you right there. Um, (laughs) But I think the one that surprised me the most was there was a shortage of Nerf ammo. Nerf ammo. And I was like trying to think through like, why Nerf ammo of all things? And then it dawned on me, like there's no real problem that a Nerf Mega Blaster can't solve. It's just, it's a solution to everything. But really though, I think it's because there's something about like being locked up in a tight space with somebody and you can shoot them with a Nerf dart and it just helps a little bit. It brings a little bit of sanity back. Um, there have been many Nerf battles in our house this year. And what's, what's interesting is it's just been a really good time for us, actually. We, so it's my wife, Karen, and I and our two boys. And so we've got these Nerf battles that go on. And afterwards, it's like they've got these war stories that they're telling about what happened. They're like, I was hiding here, and then you didn't see me. I'm like, yeah, I saw you. Trust me, you're six. I saw you. Um, but they're like, you didn't see me, and then I got you. And it's just, there's something about that together aspect where when you get it right, it feels good. When you go on a mission together and you accomplish something together, it feels good. I remember even going back to my days as a camp counselor when we had these big, you know, whole camp battles of capture the flag. And just afterwards, the kids are just like telling their war story of what happened because there's something about that shared experience that feels really good. As I was thinking about this, we've kind of looked at this sermon from the perspective of what's the lesson we learned from a tough year? 
Like, what has this taught us from, from this year? And for me, looking back through it all, there, there's been one thing that God just put, put on my heart, and I think it's that together aspect, that, that when we get community right, when we get it right, we get a lot of the drama, a lot of the negative, a lot of the judgment, the assumptions. When we put those aside and we get community right, it feels good because it's supposed to. Like God made us to experience this in a way that's positive and healthy. And when we get community right, it feels good because it's supposed to. And so, so the kids at the capture the flag moment afterwards at the camp, when they're excited about that, it feels good because it's supposed to. My kids, after a Nerf battle, it feels good because it's supposed to. Hopefully, when I, when I share that announcement of how we're helping families in need, that should feel good because it's supposed to. Because God has designed us that way. So I want us to take just a little bit of a journey through Scripture. Just, just real quick, I want us to look at the beginning and the end. And so very first uh, verse in Scripture, and we'll, we'll look at one more in addition. Very first verse in Scripture it says, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so then he's going to create different things on different days. And he gets to verse 26, and it says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. And then you jump all the way to the end of the Bible in Revelation 22, in the very last verse, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. And so, we move from nothing, like there was nothing but God himself, and then he created something in, in creating this world, creating the universe, and then he takes nothing to something to an existence of humanity, and then he takes humanity to relationship. You see in the scriptures, there, there's this phrase where God makes man, and then he says it's not good for man to be alone. So we go from nothing to something to existence to relationship. And then in the end, the picture in Revelation 22 is that we have this relationship. It doesn't go away. We have it forever in its most perfect and beautiful form as it's covered by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. A grace that is so profound that, that anything that has ever complicated any human relationship Anything you've ever experienced from day one, from, from all the way up to this point, any lying that's hurt you, any words that have berated you, whatever it is that you felt in a negative fashion, the grace of the Lord Jesus will remove it. And what we'll experience is relationship without anything that could have complicated it. And so these moments where we talk about that when community feels right, it's because it's supposed to, that's going to be every day. That's going to be every relationship we have with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Everything will be defined by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever hindered it, whatever made your marriage difficult, whatever made your, your parenting-child relationship difficult, whatever made your neighbor, whatever made your coworker relationship hard, gone because of the grace of the Lord Jesus and the great love of Jesus will enable us to love one another in a way we always wish we could have. You know, I, I recently was on Facebook and I saw somebody who was looking for information about, you know, a pediatrician for where they could take their kids and they're looking for recommendations. And my comment was, pediatrician, schmediatrician, all you need is a couple of bandages and, and some aloe and you're good to go. You don't need a doctor, right? Just, just joking around. But it made me think of my grandma. 
It made me think I was my, my grandma because when I was a kid, we'd go over to her house and, uh, and you remember aloe plants? Do you remember those? Like before they came in a hand sanitizer with aloe? Yeah, there you go. Um, that, that is like, that, I think that was taken from my grandmother's house. I don't know. Um, but when I was at my grandmother's house, no matter what happened, aloe would fix it. I think in her mind, there was like, there was, there was surgery and aloe was a better solution even to surgery. You got a paper cut, put some aloe on it. You got a brush burn, put some aloe on it. You broke your leg, aloe. You had a bad day, you just need some aloe. You got fired at work, take some aloe. It was always aloe. Aloe was the solution. Like I wouldn't have been surprised if I went over and she had a flat tire and she would have been sitting there putting aloe on it. Like I just, I just aloe was the healing agent for everything that my grandmother could see was wrong. Look, the healing agent for all of humanity is the grace of Jesus Christ that can bring healing to any hurt you've ever experienced. That if both sides are willing to apply it can mend any relationship. It's the aloe of what our society craves. It's the most restorative thing and it has the most restorative results on anything that it touches. I've seen the most torn apart families, the most destroyed marriages, and when both sides were willing to apply the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, I've seen my grandmother's aloe-like effects come to life, where we see actual, real change. And one day, the grace of the Lord Jesus will touch everything in the reality of the new heaven and the new earth. And tears will be wiped away, and crying will cease, and sorrows will be gone because the full restorative healing of, of the grace of Jesus Christ will have had its full results. And so, look, here's, here's my challenge for us. Here's my 2021 challenge, that we would apply the aloe now. It's going to make everything new, everything great then. Let's apply the aloe now. Let's apply the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ now. Let's apply it in our relationships, in our friendships, in our marriages, so that more, we're more quick to forgive each other, that we're more willing to make sacrifices to help, we're a little bit more patient to understand. Let's apply the aloe now and put the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ on every relationship. I want us to look at a passage in Scripture in 1 Thessalonians. It's a passage where they've already applied the aloe, the, the, the grace of Jesus Christ. And you can see it in the way they speak to each other, the way that they talk about being able to see each other and how it has this healing, restorative effect on one another. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6 says, But Timothy has just now come to us from you, and he has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Let's pray. God, I pray that we are people who understand that when we get community right, it feels good because it's supposed to. This is how you made us from day one. 
that the things that are in the way and complicate this are not things that your grace can't overwhelm. I pray not so much that we know how to do it, but that we're willing to do it. And we ask that in your son's name, amen. So, so what if Satan has duped us? Like what if, what if he's tricked us into thinking that relationships are just kind of a point in life? And that really what matters is being able to retire and really what matters is to be able to be secure and, and, and to accomplish the things that were in front of you. Really what matters is, is the American dream of doing whatever you want and being successful in it. What if Satan has tricked us? And really none of that is nearly as important as relationship. How would that change your life? To understand that really what matters is God and connecting with him and that what really matters is connecting with others in a community where you value other people and value relationships. What we just read, these are people who are so full of the love of God that they're ready to forgive each other. They're willing to be patient with each other. They take the time to understand. They take the time to, to be open and transparent, to make sacrifices, to be joyful. You, you read this and you get the idea that there is an incredible bond between Paul and, and the church of Thessalonica. You, you feel that when you read it. When he says, look, uh, a night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you and supply what is lacking in your faith. What I think they found is that when you apply the grace of the Lord Jesus, that restorative healing agent to relationships, all the relationships just get a little bit easier. Your expectations on them aren't so high. You, you, your, your investment as far as their ability to be what ultimately satisfy you, it, it's not so invested because you understand that's Jesus's. And, and so we see them, the, this, this idea where the closer they are to each other, the better life becomes. I, I remember uh, teaching at a church camp oh, probably about uh, 15, 20 years ago now, and, uh, and I wanted to do something a little bit different. It was in this rural, outdoor setting, and, uh, and so I thought, you know what, this this message, I forget what I was teaching about, but it had something to do with water. And the camp chapel, there was a, a little pond right next to it. So I, I mixed it up a little bit. I was like, hey, everybody, come on down. We're going to finish this lesson right by the water because I, I want to talk about that. And, uh, and so I'm, it's me standing here and about 50, 60 teens in front of me and then this pond behind me. And whenever we did one of these retreats, there would always be like, you know, adult leaders there, which is a good thing because it would have been chaotic without them. Um, and adult leaders often come with their kids. And this particular time came with one kid who was just an absolute rebel little kid. He's, you know, a Gary Heim, if you will. He, he's just a little guy who he's going to cause trouble wherever he goes. And and I remember, like, just dealing with this kid all week long. And I don't know what his parents were doing. Like, they were focused on the teens, and nobody's watching this little guy. And, and so we're standing here, and I'm teaching this lesson. In my mind, I'm, I'm preaching, like, the best message I've ever preached. And this little kid, all he can think about is there's a guy standing in front of water. I need to go push him into it. And so like, I'm getting to the climactic moment in, in the teaching and in the week, and this little kid, and I see him like running at me, and I'm like, oh, what, what, where are his parents? <laughs> and, and he's like running at me, and he tries to shove me into the water. But when I say he's little, I mean he's like this tall. And so like, I see him, and I just put my hand on his head. 
And I bet people thought like I was just laying hands on him and healing him right in that moment. But I, I just kept preaching. And he just kept running and trying to push me. And it was honestly like a minute where he was just like running. And I was just like, and so Elisha came down off the mountain and, and got, and I'm just like, it was, it was amazing. I think that guy got saved right then and there. I think, think that just, I, I remember that because I just, I was so easily able to keep him at arm's length, right? I think the typical American approach is like, I'll let you get this close. I'll let you get right there. I feel safe right there. I'm not going to let you know my pains. I'm not going to let you get really close to me. I'm not going to let you understand who I really am and what I'm afraid of in life. So I'll just keep you right there. I've seen this over and over and over again in my own life. I mean, I come from a German heritage. Like, you don't talk about anything. Like you, you're just quiet. I love to go sit in the woods because I'm like, there's no expectation to talk at all. I just sit here all day long. And so I, I can really easily just kind of keep people at arm's length because either I'm lazy, relationally lazy, or I've been hurt, or it's uncomfortable to, to let people in. Maybe I'm afraid they're going to hurt me if I let them get any closer. Community feels right when we get it, when we get, community feels great when we get it right because it's supposed to. And, and so 2021, maybe lift the hand and let people in. My hope for you would be that your relationships with other believers would mean, be more than Sunday morning. More than Sunday morning. I don't care if it's just getting together for a game night and you just take a couple minutes to say, hey, what can I pray for you for? You grab coffee with somebody or, or you join a community group. We've got a, a new one, Corinne and I are starting um, in, in the new year here where it's, it's for people who don't have a community group yet. We'd just love for you to make connections with other believers in Jesus Christ. If, if you're at home watching, I love this. I don't know who all the people watching are. We've got people watching all over the world. We love you, even though we've never met you. If you ever actually make it here from, from a, a foreign country and you show up here one day and you say you found us on Facebook, we will love you 100%. Um, wherever you are, please find other believers in Christ that you can be open with and have this relationship with Christ be more than just Sunday morning as you love people around you. Um, I want to say two things to challenge you if, if your approach is that the hands-off, like you, the, the arms-like. If that's your approach to relationships, I, I just want to say two things. And the first one is this. If we are correct about God and how he made us, then remaining in a position that you can't really be hurt is actually creating a deeper wound. Remaining in a position that you can't be hurt is actually creating a deeper wound. So if we're right, that God created us to be in community, that when it feels great, it feels great because it's supposed to. If, if we're right and that's how God created us and you're keeping people, everybody away, then by default, you're actually creating a deeper wound. You might back away from a knife and back into a sword. That you might, in an effort to keep yourself safe, end up hurting yourself more. So, so we go back to Genesis 1, where it says, God created mankind. He said, let us, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. And, and so we see there's an us, there's God, three in one. There's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, who are endlessly 
in the most beautiful relationship with one another. And apparently it's a good thing because they want to create something like them. They create us in their image and then they look at Adam and they see him alone and they say it's not good in this current context because there's lacking a likeness to what we experience so we want there to be an us for him as well. And so we see a relational God is making a relational species. Three in one makes one, allows it to be two in one, and then makes an entire species in that mold. And so the best moments we have, relationally speaking, are one, a connection back to our origins. This is back to your roots. This is, this is part of understanding who you are. It's interesting reading different things about my family's history, reading things about my, my dad that I didn't know about or you know, grandfather or great-grandfather. You understand a little bit more about who you are. Understand that you are made by a relational God as a relational species and to, to connect with each other and to enjoy each other and to put Christ at the center of those relationships is to take a journey back to your origins. But it's not just backwards, it's forwards because what we see also then is glimpses of what our future is that waits ahead of us. And so the best moments of marriage the best moments of, of friendships, the, of parenting, these are glimpses of what wait for us. And so every time we get this right now, it's paying tribute to what we were designed for and what we're destined for. It's applying the grace and the aloe of the Lord Jesus Christ right here, right now, paying tribute to God himself in the Trinity. See, God knows our highest joy is in community not in isolation. And anything less, anything less, the, the more that we keep things away from us, anything less is really to, to just leave on the table what God has for you. It's just to leave it on the table. Um, many of you will have a New Year's celebration coming up. New Year's is kind of synonymous with, let's put a whole bunch of appetizers out. I love it. I think it's awesome. I, 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 I've never walked away from a New Year's Eve party like hungry, where I'm like, oh, I wish I had something else to eat. Because I see all these foods, and I really like appetizer-style foods, and so I see all these things there, and I'm like, I'm going to eat a lot of these, first of all, because it's like we're celebrating the New Year. Second of all, because I like all these things. I've never been at a New Year's party and seen some of my favorite foods and just be like, no, thank you. I, I'm not interested right now. I'm hungry, but I'm just going to let them there. Th this is what we do with relationships. The greatest parts of life are not here, but here. And, and so when we let people in, we understand that we're not leaving things on the table anymore. I mean, Paul says, he speaks of pleasant memories. He says, for now we really live. In other words, many of, the joy, many of the joys that God has created for us to experience only appear when people sit down together. Many of the joys that God has created us to experience only appear when we sit down together. Otherwise, it's like they don't even exist, and to sit by yourself is to ultimately sit with less in front of you. When, when he makes that statement for now we really live, you get this insight that Paul has been struggling. He's, he's got the pressures of life are just upon him. He feels alone. He feels challenged. There's struggles. And he says, I, I, I'm not living fully. 
But then he gets this news, he gets this connection, he gets this communication from the church and, and he hears the good news and it's like part of Paul wakes up. A part of his life that wasn't there is now there and now he says, I'm fully, I'm fully alive. Don't, don't you want it all? If this is the joys that God has for you, don't you want all of them? I mean, for me, I do. I, I want as much as I can. And, and man, there are times in my life where I feel alone. I feel I, I struggle and, and I get down and I'm not fully alive. And then God brings somebody along and I connect with them and all of a sudden I feel fully alive. This, this just happened the other day. He was just wrestling with some stuff and struggling with some things that we had to overcome. And um, I went, went back near where one of my old friends was and, and had some help and uh, had, had a need. And, and he, he texted me and said, hey, do you need any help with what you're working on? And I was like, yeah, you know what? I could use some help. And he shows up and it was like instantly everything changed because he's so good at just loving and being kind. And, and it was like there was stuff that wasn't on the table and he showed up and there it was. And I went from struggling to fully alive in just a short matter of time because of his heart to build me up and encourage me. And it's not just finding that in others, it's being that to others. The second thing about the arm's length and why I think you should let people in is because your addition could be someone else's supply. Your addition could make up what is lacking in somebody else's life. Absolutely, that was the case with this guy the other day. In just, in just 10 minutes, my total outlook on a, in a massive situation changed because of 10 minutes with this guy. Has anyone ever been just what you needed? Has anyone ever been to you that, the reminder of, well, now I really live because I've been able to sit down with you have you ever made the statement of how can we thank God enough for you? Or, I mean, just, yeah, we have so much joy in the presence, in your presence because of these people. Paul says, we were encouraged by your faith. You supplied what was lacking in our faith. And God could well be working in you to be that to someone else. What if you're the supply that someone else is lacking? What if it's your friend that's not fully alive or, or your child or, or somebody in church that you haven't seen in a while. What if you're the supply to make up what's lacking? What if you're the help for them to be really alive? It'll have to be more than Sunday morning, won't it? It'll have to be beyond this hour where you take the time to sit down and you get involved in their life. If you want to know, if you want to know, let me ask this question. Have you ever heard somebody say the world just revolves around them? Have you ever heard or maybe even said that about somebody else? Like the world just revolves around them. You ever said that? And my thing is this is I don't know that I've ever said that about somebody and they knew that about themselves. I don't think I've ever said the world just revolves around them and, and maybe they overheard it and they were like, you're right. It totally does. And I'm okay with that. Most of the time, in fact, every time they don't know it. They're not, they, they, they don't understand that. And so then my question is, what if the world revolves around you and you don't know it? This is a way to, to tell that. 
to see whether or not you can have an attitude that says my friendships, my relationships, my marriage are going to be about me supplying what is lacking in somebody else. There's, there's, there's your clue. That's your test to figure out whether or not the world revolves around you, whether or not you're willing to make your relationships about supplying what is lacking in somebody else to help them become fully alive as a result of the relationship that you have with them that you can love them in a way that ultimately God desires for you to do, in a way that's a connection to your origins, in a way that's a glimpse of your destination. As in Bible college, we had one, one Bible college teacher who was just, he was an absolute goofball, and I loved him. Like, he was just like, there was dad joke after dad joke after dad joke the whole way through. Um, and it was awesome because his classes were like an hour and a half, two hours long. So he had to be like that for us to gain any semblance of, of just what was going to be on the test. And his name was Dr. Shelley. Dr. Shelley was just, he was a lot of fun. And I remember it came time for our final in New Testament um, theology. And we, so we took this New Testament course. And, um, and the final, he, he said, uh, and you remember our finals. Everybody's always wondering, what are the questions going to be, you know, so you can study for it. Um, the class before the final, he sat down and he said, all right, the final is next class. This class, I'm going to tell you everything that's on the final. My outline for this class is the final. You will get here next week, and you will see everything that we said word for word this week. You'll see it next week, and that's the final. And we're all looking at each other like, are you kidding me? This will be like the easiest A that we've ever gotten. He's like, I want to tell you why I'm going to do this. Because you knowing the answers to this test and getting a grade is not nearly as important as you knowing these things for life and living them out. I want you to understand fully everything we've talked about. So if this week you go and you know all the answers and then you memorize them and you put them into your heart, I've succeeded because beyond that, you're going to remember what we talked about. So you get all the answers. The question is whether you're willing to follow through on that. Look, th there's no like surprise test here. We're not gonna get to heaven and God's gonna be like, actually what I really wanted was for you to do this, this, and this, and I never told you. There's no surprise answers here. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is, is here for us to, to love one another and love God well. That's the answers to the final. There's no surprise, oh, well, you, you needed to know like everybody in the Bible and you needed to be able to recite the book of Chronicles and now you get to come in. Just go love people well. And God will give you his strength to supply so that you can go be the supply to other people, that you can be the source of a great relationship because of your love towards them. The final, applied grace. So you apply grace like it's aloe. Apply grace on your marriage. Apply grace to the person that you can't stand. Apply grace to the person who even wants to take advantage of you. Applied grace. Applied grace to your pride that leads to, to apologize and more humility next year. Apply grace to the part of you that wants to, uh, to end phone calls or conversations a little bit early because you got somewhere to be. Apply grace to the part of you that is stubborn and wants the other person to take the first step. Applied grace, again and again and again. It's what we're designed for and what we're destined for. I, I, I think sometimes when we read something like Revelation twenty two twenty one, 21, where it says the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you, 
I think there's a part of us that just in, in reciting that or reading that where we, we tend to look over it and just assume that that got here in a way that was easy. There's nothing easy about it. There, there won't be anything easy about it for you. There was absolutely nothing easy about it for Jesus Christ. This is not like Amazon where you just go shopping, you click it, it's done, it shows up to your door. This came with a great sacrifice. And I want us to look at a scripture as we kind of wrap up here in Mark chapter 15 that really brings to light the most difficult aspect of what Christ did on the cross. Because often we'll make it about the physical pain that we experience or the discomfort that, excuse me, that he experienced, the discomfort he experienced, the embarrassment he experienced. What the scriptures reveal to us is that the greatest trial on the cross for Jesus is not physically, it's relationally. It's between him and the Father. And there's relational God who made a relational species who made this all about relationships and loving each other well and, and trying to reach people for him that he can have a relationship with him. Experience just a, a cutoff of relationship for the first time in all of history with God the Father. In Mark 15 and verse 33, it says, At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. At three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lemma sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And for the very first time in all of history, there's an interruption in the relationship in the Trinity. And all of us at some point have had some sort of relational turmoil, and we felt that pit that, that we feel in our heart and our stomach is... As it happens, that discomfort, this isn't a pit, this is a canyon. This is the greatest depth of a separation that ever has been known. And Jesus Christ did it to bring us together with God. Relationship. But what we can't miss is the gospel doesn't just bring us together with God. By default, and you read this throughout the scriptures again and again, together, 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 one another. Love one another, forgive one another, bear with one another. It's not just bringing us together with God, it's bringing us together with each other. Anything less on our part is working against what the gospel's trying to do. My grandmother wasn't just famous for aloe, she was famous for, uh, well, there goes that, uh, for knitting and for crocheting blankets like, like this. And uh, you, you've probably seen some of these, except for my grandmother's. This one, this one's really nice. This is like a, a nice one. I might just keep this one. Um, my grandma's always had like big holes in between all the yarn. It's probably because my kids and my brothers and I were always fighting over them. But um, yeah, like I was always amazed to just see her sitting for hours and just knitting it together, crocheting it together. And, and look, I, we got to understand this is what God's trying to do for us trying to bring us closer together in all the relationships in our lives. He's, he's weaving us, knitting us together to be closer, to be closer. You won't get there without the applied grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, but I want you to understand this is where it's going. The grace of the Lord Jesus will be with God's people forever. Amen. This is where it's going, and it's what God's trying to do in your life, in your relationships this year. So please, by all means, let 2021 be a year where you discover that community is great because it's supposed to be, because it's what you were 
designed for and it's what you're destined for. Let's pray. Our God and Father, we thank you so much that you have first of all chosen to weave us together with you. That through faith in you, we can be forgiven of our sins and made right and we can have a connection that we deeply long for. And then, Father, out of that would be a love that encourages us to pull others close to ourselves. To truly care about them, to pray with them, to understand their needs, to meet them, to love. We ask this in your son's name. Amen.